bad, bad addict. Um, every time I was able to get a loan, I was doing drugs. I've been in prison four times, twice in the state, twice in the feds. I was doing all this crazy stuff, cooking drugs and just staying high. God called me from a prison cell. I was a homeless drug addict, and my hope was found in a needle. I was eight months pregnant, homeless, um, living out of my van. You know, it wasn't freeway that saved me, it wasn't John Stroop that saved me, but God uses freeway in such a mighty way as a tool to reach these people. There's not a community or a county in America that doesn't have a drug problem. And the, the church has the answer and it's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Welcome to One Broken Life. My name is John Stroop with my special guest, Greg Craig, all the way from South Africa. Hi there, once again. Thanks for hanging out with us again, Greg. It's good to be here. Well, we just got finished with part one of One Broken Life, uh, your story. Uh, the, if you haven't listened to part one of Greg's story, you should stop, go listen to that, because it's really, really good to give you a perspective on exactly where we're at now in his story. But uh, One Broken Life, we believe that the bigger the mess many times, the bigger the message. Yeah. And we know that there are people that we look at the overcrowded jails and we look at the fatherless homes, Greg. In America, if you look up the population of inmates in America, it is just like wild how many people are in prison here. And so we know there's a drug problem, right? Yeah. And so what you hear about is all the negative stuff. But what you don't hear about is the positive impact one radically change ex-drug addict makes. Yeah. I don't say drug addict. I say ex-drug addict because you're not a drug addict anymore. Amen. That's not your identity, man. Yeah. And so I don't believe in that. And so we we, we, we want to talk about the radically change ex-drug addict and what God has done in your life. And so we are exploring your life, um, your one broken life, right? And so uh, that's kind of the idea of the podcast. One of the verses that we use is Psalms 51, Psalms 51, 17. And it says, the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. These, O oh God, you will not despise. And David is writing a psalm about um, all the, his, it's a repentant psalm. And he, he's repenting to God and he's saying, I'll do anything you want. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll give any sacrifice you want. And what David did in the, in the Old Testament when he committed adultery and murder, there, is no, there was no sacrifice in the law to cover that sin. Yeah. This had the, the penalty was death, but God in the Old Testament showed him mercy yeah. and forgave him. And he says that God doesn't want the blood of bulls and goats. God doesn't want all that. He wants contract, a, a contract and a broken heart. Yeah. And, and so, um, and then the other one we, we use is uh, Philippians 1.12, where Paul says the things which have happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. The pronoun things is all the things that happened in his life, and even up to the point where he was in prison waiting to die, has made the gospel go places it hadn't gone before. Yeah. And that's what God has done with you. Amen. And so we're, we're here, we're talking about your after, your, uh, your, your BC was before Christ, and we explored your brokenness and how God brought you to that place where you surrendered your life to him. 
<clears throat> and I'm still a little under the weather, so forgive me for that. Um, and now we're talking about the the AC, the after Christ, right? The 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 testimony side of it, what God is doing now. Yeah. And so you are the director for Freeway Ministries South Africa. That's right. Cape Town. Serving the Lord, ex gangster, ex drug addict. Um, you know, long double digit history of you know twenty something years of using drugs. Now you've been clean since 2011. Yeah. It's 2022 now. So you've got 11 years clean. Um, praise the Lord for that. And so Greg's here with us uh, visiting and just taking a little break and uh, hanging out with us in, in the United States in Springfield. Shout out to Miss Wanda. Amen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Definitely. That's, that's, my, that's my lady. <laughs> so, so what's life like for you right now, Greg? Well, well when I'm thinking of, as you were speaking, I was thinking of this, you know, before I used to just give up. When I, when I, when I found myself in a, in a dark situation or where I couldn't cope, um, I would always have a go-to, and that would be drugs. And today it's, it's different, it's so different, you know. Um, man, I, I, I experienced my dad passing on in, in 2011, and then I experienced my mom passing on on the 31st of March this year, and... Um, Man, I, I can thank God because he, he, He's kept me. You know, in the past I would have reservations if any, any bad would happen in my life. And today, um, just to see how He's kept me through difficult, stressful situations, situations where I know that I would have, I would have given in. You know, seeing how God's hold me. And uh, I remember it was an iconic moment for me, 2011. When everybody thought I would relapse, God had me. Amen. When I find myself going through such difficult situations today, I get to look at that and seeing how he's carried me through it all, you know, and knowing that he's, he's the same God of yesterday, today and forever, you know. So, I mean, um, just thinking of this, man, um, uh, he's kept me... Uh, I'm a productive member of society, you know. Um, I, not only the productive member of society, but in my own community, um, people know me for who I was, and they know who I am today. And um, I'm able to feed in our communities. I'm able to serve in our communities. Um, uh, when people know family members struggling with addiction, they're the first ones to call because they they know they've seen the miracle. That God has done in me, you know. So, yeah. Amen. So, how many people have been through the freeway discipleship program in South Africa? To date, I think it's a uh, 179 wow. since um, uh, 179 since 2017. So you've been able to plant seeds and assist and make a positive impact in 179 people's lives yeah. that's a big deal greg that's a man and 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 just to be a part of that you know um <coughs> seeing the lifestyle change you know seeing god move seeing uh them be reun being reunited with their families again yeah. seeing them get their first id because you know when you're using they you don't have they have they come in with absolutely nothing yep you know uh, same here yeah bank card, you know, identity documents, learner's license, driver's license, you know, 
um, the first job, you know, getting I, I was uh, getting the first resume. You know, you got, uh, we call it the CV, you call it the resume. CV. Yeah. <laughs> and so getting that, you know, um, and then just being a part of that journey, showing them what, what it is to, to, to go for their first job interview, you know, equipping them with a skill, you know. Um, yeah. Amen. So we support Greg here monthly uh, to help him continue to do what he's doing and stuff. And so... Uh, you've got some big things going on in your life. You got some big things in freeway going on. So let's talk about that. What's next for you? What's going on? What's next in your life? Well, next for us is definitely getting our um, our our headquarters up and running. So we've got a portion of land from the city of Cape Town. They've given it to us. Um, we've got a ten year lease on that land, and um, what they require from us is to put up a removable structure. So in other words, we 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 can lay a foundation, but but. The structures have to be removable, so we're getting. Sh sh we, we got two shipping containers, um, which were which we're going to put down on there. But um, we want to. Our aim is to get six of, of them on there, so that we can do skills development from there. We can do feeding from there. We can do a freeway Saturday evening from there. You know, um, really just looking at how we can do uh, how we can reach the the hard to reach. You know through our ministry um yeah so how many containers do you have right now we have two right now um and we're excited about that because you know it's just just to, to be able to start something you know create that level of excitement being able to just sow into the communities knowing and then i mean um i know if you're going to be approaching other organizations or, or companies uh, them seeing that we are actually on the ground doing something yeah amen so you guys have your outreach already. It's a soup kitchen, right? That's right. And you do everything we do here. Yeah. Uh, but you want to have a freeway headquarters there, and you want to be able to do freeway outreaches there, have your own place, your yeah. own building, your own classroom space. Yeah. So you can have freedom to, to do just freeway there. Yeah, that's right. Awesome. So give us a week in your life, Greg. So on the ground, you're, in, you're not in Springfield. You're in Cape Town. So... Running freeway there, it's a it's a different context. It's a third world context. Yeah. So they can't just come in with the money, pay their own way. They yeah. don't. You can't come in and have a job in a week. Yeah. So what's it like from Monday to Sunday? So so at, the program looks like this on a on a on a Monday. I mean, throughout the week we have different people coming in and doing group work with him. Um, in the mornings, it's devotion. Some of them, the guys that come in, they've never ever read a Bible before. Some of them struggle to read, you know. It's, it's and 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 that's a struggle, you know, um, because what that becomes, uh, you 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 get to see people, you know, with low self-esteem because they they're scared and they don't want to read in front of other people because they feel that they're going to be judged, you know. And it's there we I I have to. You know, come alongside them and know that they are loved and that they are brothers. You know, we there's camaraderie um, in the house. Um, so we have various programs running throughout the day, um, and then on a, uh, uh, we also have an evening program. The evening program would be on on a Monday evening. We would do a support group. We would invite um, people that are struggling with addiction, family members, um, and then also uh, their family to come along as to come with them. Um, on a Tuesday evening, we do a Bible study, which is at our church, 
Wednesday evening or Wednesday would be the soup kitchen, the, the soup drive. Um, Thursday evenings, it would be a cell group. Friday evenings, uh, a men's fellowship. Uh, Saturday mornings, we normally take the guys to another meeting and then we do a hike after that. Sunday's church, you know, so the, we, we, it's a strenuous program. It's every day, you know, um, and with that also um, during the course of the day, we we get to do food pickups, um, you know, um, so that our guys can get, we, we get donations from two companies, which is Checkers and Woolworths. Um, they assist us. And that's that's been a big blessing um, because our, our, today our highest ex- expenditures would be fuel and food and salary, uh, wages, you know. But um, uh, what a blessing Woolworths has come alongside us and check us. So Woolworths. We, yeah, it's, it's a Woolworths store. You don't and, hear Woolworths here in America. Yeah, no, not at all. It used to be. Yeah, You'd I believe so. It, but be- not anymore. Yeah, and so with them assisting us, you know, they've been such a blessing, strategic. We, with, it, with the food that we get from them, and we, um, we are able to feed our communities, we are able to make food parcels and, and give to families that are struggling, and there are loads struggling. Our level of poverty and your level of poverty are two different things. I mean, you, none can compare, you know. Uh, I remember 2016, um, when we came here first to Orlando, downtown Orlando, and we did a, a, a food drive there. We were serving the poor communities, and my son looked at me and he said, Daddy, these people are not poor. They have cell phones. They have cars. They have motorbikes. Because this is how the people came to, you know, <laughs> the food scheme. And I was thinking, man, and, 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 and you guys had absolutely everything. It, uh, it was like a buffet. You could walk right around, and at the end of uh, the, the circle, you could get a haircut as well. So that was my... Uh, we were just blown away, you know. And our, and our soup kitchens... Um, we really we see kids bringing kids, and the parents are not there, and sometimes the grandparents, but really um, two different. I remember yeah. <coughs> going to the shanty towns my first time there. Yeah, and uh, one of the one of the things I've heard about Cape Town is that people call it rape town. You heard that before? Yeah, yeah. because of the, uh, the lip, yeah. sexual assaults um, and how high of a rate it is. Yeah. Where there's a lot of rapes and a lot of uh, abuse, and yeah, especially in the shanty towns, and little kids by themselves, no one watching them, and predators just snatching them up. And one of the things that I noticed was, you know, was what I saw was the the young mothers. It seemed as soon as the kid had the function to know how to take care of themselves, they was taking care of all the other kids, and yeah. the mom was gone. And I noticed they had these Tupperware bowls. We call them Tupperware. Yeah. Empty containers from different things that you'd get, cottage cheese or whatever. Yeah. And they didn't even have spoons. And they would eat with their hands like this. Yeah. And they would sit in the dirt. Yeah. In the sand. And no shoes, no socks, no nothing. And they would wait patiently in line in, in the dirt to get a bowl of soup. Yeah. You know? And I thought, man, uh, you know... Ten-year-old kid here wouldn't even eat that. Yeah, and e- even a poor kid, you know. We we were doing once uh, a feeding scheme, and the guy didn't have a container, and he saw a two-liter bottle, a bottle like this, and he he asked me to cut it in half. And I had to cut it in half. As I cut it in half, he took one side, and his brother took the other side, and we had to dish the food in there because they were not going to miss that meal. 
you know, that was going to be the meal of the day for them. Yeah. And so, yeah, like I say, our level of poor and your level of poor are two different things. Amen. So as you reach the people, feed the people, same areas you used to terrorize and yeah. drug deal, and now you're helping reach people with the gospel. Amen. Uh, what's God doing? What's God doing in your life today? Man, he's, I'm so grateful, you know. Um, when I look back and I, I see where he's taken me out of, I was a deacon in the church. I was a deacon in the church. Uh, and to be a deacon in the church, you need to have 80% of the whole church's vote. Today, I'm not only a deacon in the church, I'm I'm an elder in the church. So, um, What's it take, 100% vote to be an elder? Yeah. Does it? Yeah. So, wow. So... Um, Do I, some people go, get voted and they go vote and they don't get eighty percent? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And so and so that that that's big, you know. Um, especially in the life of of a, drag, a former drug addict and gangster, um, and then just being able to be a provider, you know. Before it was just gimme, 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 you know. And and now what a blessing it is to be able to give, you know, into God's kingdom. To sow in people's lives, it's doing big things, um, exciting things. Um, you know, I'm, uh, I am a worthwhile human being. You know, um, yeah. Amen. And so, uh, did you ever think that your life could be where it is right now? Never. I, um, man, I, I had this dream of who I was gonna be growing up. You know, I'm gonna be this drug dealer with this cars and this the money in the house and, you know, um, I, I, maybe I thought I was going to go overseas one day, you know, but that's when I was high, <laughs> you know. And, um, man, I, I, I'm amazed because the biggest thing for me was when I came over here the first time, I, I mean, if you go to the U.S. Embassy, they check your track record, your prison record, your cur uh, criminal record, and... um they don't allow you into the country. And I, I remember going in and I was really nervous the first time I went for my um, my visa at the U.S. Embassy in Cape Town. And uh, I, I remember the one guy that paid for my son's ticket, he said, no, my son was, your dad's going nowhere. You know, because he heard my testimony in church. You know, he knew who I was because I often shared my testimony, you know, of the bad guy, you know, the gangster, the drug addict, you know. Um, so he knew a bit about me, but it was amazing to see how God just wiped my slate clean as far as the east is from the west, you know, and today I'm able, so this is the third time I've come to the States, um, God's using me strategically in so many different ways, and different ministries as well, um, just to, to impact his kingdom. Yeah. Amen. So what's your biggest burden? You know what I mean by that? Your biggest burden? Yeah. Like what? What weighs you down? What's the thing that gets your heart heavy? What's your, what's the thing that just pulls your heart? What's your biggest burden? My biggest burden is this, that um, my heart is for the people that come through freeway, um, which really hurts me is when they fall back, you know. Um, and I, why I say this is this, Sometimes they come in and they come in with their parents. They come in with their mom, or they come in with their dad. Or, or they come in, 
know, and, and the mom would take him and say, this is my son. Please take care of him. You know? And, um, man, I would see, you know, um, I would see that in their, in their eyes. And when they leave him with me, they'd hug me and say, thank you so much. And a week later, he decides he's going to leave. And um, three days later, I get a call. Oh, deed, you know, in the bathroom. And that happened, you know. And um, I remember sitting in that circle that we sit in and we speak about things. And most of the time, they would, would speak about, man, this is what I want to do with my kids. And I end up going to the funeral. I see the kids there, you know. And the mom. And the mom. And the person who paid to get him in. Yeah, you know. You feel like you failed him. Yeah, you know. Um, that just weighs me down, you know. And so often when I speak to, when I do interventions or I speak to family members, I speak about the reality of, of addiction and, and that's where it can end up because I take it really serious, you know. Let me give you a statistic. Yeah. In America. Yeah. Since 1999... Over 1 million people have died from overdoses. Yeah. 2021, over 100,000 people died in America from overdosing. It's the number one cause of accidental death in our country. Yeah. Just to give you an idea, almost twice as many people died of overdoses in the last 10 years than the Civil War. Yeah. There's, there's, there's been very few wars in this world where a million people have died. I don't even think it, it, it COVID had a, an effect as addiction. No, no, no. Well, COVID, a lot more people have died from COVID, but I looked that up. But the, the, the impact, the number one cause in the United States of America of accidental death is overdosing. Yeah. I mean, just sink, let that sink in. Yeah. I mean, that's, we had a guy who came to our program four times. And uh, I don't know, they did, did they do stimulus money in South Africa during COVID? Did you guys get checks? Yeah. You did? Yeah. Okay. I'm shocked at that, but um, I just am. But free money, right? Yeah. And, and that hurts so many people, giving them free money. And, and there's going to be somebody that's going to hear that and get mad. Well, I really could use that check. Well, maybe you could, okay? I'm not saying, I'm not saying that, you know, it was bad for everybody. So, yeah. I mean, to help people, right? But... There's a guy, last time he's in a program, his mom, who was his enabler in a nursing home, he would go sneak in the nursing home and live with his mom, okay? And uh, <clears throat> she called him. Hey, you got a stimulus check. He left the program to go get that $1,000 or whatever it was. And um, I got a message yesterday that they found him dead in the bathroom of a convenience store. Uh, last night and uh, you know he's gone yeah and for me <laughs> I think what hurts me the most Greg in the ministry and you know I love kids if you're around me for any amount of time you'll know I really I really love these kids because I was a I was a the child of uh, generational of generations of criminals generations that's where I come from yeah um Generations of criminals and drug addicts, man. 
And I know what it's like growing up in those homes. And I know what it's, my mom wasn't a drug addict, but she's a gangster, you know. And uh, I was surrounded by drug addicts and gangsters. Grew up in visiting prison, visiting rooms my whole life. And um, so I've got a heart for these kids. And what hurts me is they come around. You get to know them. They give, yeah. you, they give you a name. Yeah. They called me Papa John. I heard. <laughs> Papa John. They, yeah. I didn't, you can't, you know, you can't give yourself a nickname. That's not how it works. Yeah. You got to let other people give you the nickname. And and they called me Papa John. Uh, and, and then the mom or the dad relapses. And I never see him again. Drug addicts don't say goodbye when they leave. Yeah. They just go. They're gone. And, uh. Man, that's the hard part. Is you get attached to them, yeah, and you get you get a bond with them, and you love them, and you got all these. This one little girl, uh, she goes to school about three hours from here. This little girl and her, she's got some siblings, and her parent was in our program, and um, the school counselor uh, sent me a, a message on Facebook. He said, I've got a little girl in my class or in, in my school, and we had a deal at school. What do you want to be when you grow up? And they had an application, fake application. She's like 10. And they drew, draw a picture and all this. And you know what she wanted to be when she grew up? She wanted to work for Freeway Ministries. And her mom, uh, had, we had to kick her mom out. They stayed in my house like every weekend, twice a month for Five months, and I never, I haven't seen them since. You know, they're gone. Yeah, and, and so for me, that's that's one of the painful things. Yeah, definitely. I I I feel that. I mean, you know, and there's not much that you can do about it until they they feel the need or want us. You know, stuff. So we talked about this earlier. Past loyalties. <clears throat> people from your dark past that have looked out for you and maybe even you guys watch each other back on the street. Yeah. And then you, you get clean and sober and you, you, you run into those people. Uh, how do you deal with that? Well, first of all, it's, it's strange because, you know, um, that you say this because it happened often. And in Cape Town, like you like you mentioned, um, there's a certain language we speak, and it would be Sabela, and uh, that's the way we greet each other, you know, um, in this type of language. And um, my my response would be "Hi there." Total different language. They'd look at me. They would speak Sabela to you, oh, yeah. and you wouldn't speak to them. Yeah, you know, and or I'd greet them "Hi there." In and Sabella? No, in just English. Yeah. You know, they'd look at me like, what's different? And they and it's, it's strange because they would, they would <laughs> one guy I greeted, he said, are you saved? <laughs> because he knew who I was. Yeah. You know, and um, I mean, that's it. You just, for me, speaking about the Lord to them, you know, what, what Jesus has done in my life. Many of them, uh, they don't come back. Some of them do. I had a friend of mine that did. You know, I said, I'm plugged into this church. This is what I'm doing. His name is Matthew. And Matthew came to my house and he said, I want what you got, Greg. 
and I got to walk a, a journey with him, you know, disciple him. Um, and today, Matthew does a similar work that I do. He, you know, he has assisted me in the previous uh, rehabilitations or uh, men's house, which was called Beth Rafa. And now he works at uh, Loaves and Fishes, you know. Um, and so the people group that I, they, they already know who I am in Christ. Because when we do the open airs, we, we go out and we preach and we would go into the areas that I've used, you know. We'd preach um, and we would share. Yeah. That's good. Um, are you happy? This is the happiest I've ever been. Um, I am present, you know, and the things that make me happy, it's not using, you know. What makes me happy today is that I, I'm able to sit around the table with my family, not only sit around the table with my family, but provide for them. Birthdays are a big deal. So whenever there's a birthday, we celebrate from brothers, sisters, grandparents, uncles. We celebrate in Pa. They call, my grandkids call, call me Pa. Pa. Pa, yeah. And, um, and they get to see. Um, I, I remember my granddaughter, she, I think she was about two years old when I got saved. And um, she had this phone. And the phone had a memory card in. And... She, 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 I put on the phone and I went to look through the pictures, you know, and I didn't see my face on any of those pictures. And I looked, I thought to myself, where was Pa this time around, you know? And then um, I thought to myself, ah, that was my using days. But today, man, I mean the world to them. They love me to bits, you know? I'm a part of their life. I'm I'm the provider in my family. Um, and that's the best ever for me. You know, I'm a husband to, to my wife. I'm a father to my kids. You know, I'm a productive member of society. Yeah. Man, that's so good. Yeah, that's the best. I'll tell you, I drop the ball a lot with my family. Uh, ministry can be a mistress. Yeah. And, and, uh, so busy yeah you know and sometimes i just have to stop gather everybody around and say okay guys <laughs> like we have to take advantage of this time i'm reminded of how short life is you know yeah and uh i want to make sure my family knows i love them i'm there for them i'm present yeah growing up without a father you know never had a dad and uh my childhood was messed up you know, and so coming from that past and trying, I've got two kids at home, two kids out of the house. We're a blended family. Yeah. Uh, we, I brought one child into the relationship. My wife brought two. Both of them were teenagers. My son was four. And then we adopted a two-year-old. And we adopted her at birth. She's two now. And um, so we're a mixed family. Yeah. And uh, so trying to be a good parent, you know, and learning how to deal with life and ministry and all that. And sometimes I just got to sit back and just play with my baby or yeah. ask Keith what he's drawing, you know, but just being there. 
Yeah. It's a big deal, man. Yeah, it's the best. Yeah. Um, so what do you do in the local church today, Greg? Well, today, uh, like I said, I'm, I'm a deacon in the church. I mean, an elder in the church. Um, we get to, I get to serve in the church. Um, and the pastor's not there. We get to, I get to preach in the church, you know. Um, and I'm a part of the church, you know. I'm just not a, uh, I'm there. Amen. Yeah. It's a big deal for me to grow in God's word. Can you, know? you do a South African dance for us here? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> well, if, if what you don't know, uh, many may not know, is that they dance when they worship. And I'm telling you what, it is awesome. Yeah. I believe, you know, when you set free, I, I, I see uh, guys being set free. There's a, there's a joyous spirit in them. And a bit of a, you know, there's a little bit of a jive and the hands up in the Show ear. me again, do it again. <laughs> there's a bit of a jive, you know, like, we, we got this jive going on. Yeah. And um, we, we do it in a circle. Um, and some, they just take off. I mean, all of a sudden, somebody's come running down the aisle. Yeah. <laughs> and then next thing you know, there, there's another one running. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Man. Uh, Clapping. Yeah, all of it. <laughs> yeah, John's got got some grooves going I'm for us. I'm getting some of that. <laughs> yeah. Next time I go, I'm getting some of it. I'm gonna get by you though and just follow you. All right. All right. <laughs> we'll, November, we'll, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's gonna be awesome. So, what brings you joy today as we close, brother? From the drug addict, from the gangster, from the hopeless, dope fiend. What to where you are now? For me, definitely, it's. Being that provider in, in my family, you know, being able to to look after them, um, not being frowned upon, you know, and, and you know, um, lay my all, you know, being able to reunite with my sister, you know, um, just being there. And your sister, who we didn't talk about, yeah, but she, uh, you stole her thunder, yeah. Growing up, you you always got all the attention because you were so needy on drugs. Everybody yeah. trying to save you, and then you get saved, and she's like, "You're trying to steal my attention all the show again." Yeah, I'm not having any of that. Yeah, and then yeah. what happened? Well, she she didn't she didn't buy me being saved. You know, she she didn't she didn't understand either because she's not she's not a Christian. You know, but um, five years down the line. She invited me for Christmas lunch, and um, yeah, we have this relationship again. And what's strange enough is when, when she knows of people that are struggling with addiction, she says, I know who you can speak to. Should give them my number, you know. So that, that brings me joy, you know, being able to sit around my immediate family and then my, my family and just be there, you know, um, knowing who I am in Christ. Yeah, yeah you know. It's strange because whenever we are invited to a family lunch or supper, you you know they ask to pray. It's it's always the question, <laughs> and that and yeah. So that brings me joy, you know. It's just knowing that I'm I'm there for my family. They Amen. can count. They can count on me through thick and thin. Say something in Sabella for us. <laughs> um. Yeah. So so. Oh, it, it goes like this. Uh, it says, when they want to find out who you are, they'll say, who Salek and Vaisrak Yeah. <laughs> who are you? Yeah. You know, uh, they, they'd come in and they, especially when you come into jail, the first thing they do, they look at you 
you know, and they'll ask you that question and then they'll go through your pockets. They search yeah. you. They search you, yeah, so that they can take stuff from you because you are nobody. So the numbers game and get in prison and we're kind of, I've got some attention deficit right here, so you have to forgive me. But I think it's important just we're talking. So yeah, there's three number gangs in prison. Yeah. And even if you and me have a different gang on the street and we're rivals, yeah, they pick your number, the no. inmates. No, who makes you the number? Well, so 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 what what happens is you come into jail, um, and uh, they will they will look, and you already know when you come into jail who you want to be because you affiliated yourself with them outside already. Okay. So, so, so if you you're a funky junkie, yeah, then you have a certain number you go to. Not necessarily. Okay. Not necessarily. It all depends who you are because you'll get twenty sixes. Twenty sixes are those that uh, they, they money is their thing. Twenty seven is blood. Twenty eight. Twenty eight is twenty eight is the kingpin of all. It was first the twenty eights and then. It came down to 27, 26. So who's the most notorious? I think all, uh, I'm, I think all three of them. Uh, so what was you when you went in there? I, I was nothing. I, I was nothing. He was French. Yeah. yeah. Uh, reason being, um, when I got there, I realized I got to see some truth for me. You know, I, I got there and I looked at these people and... Uh, I saw that they, they couldn't stand by themselves. They needed to be in a group and they needed to speak a certain kind of language so that nobody could understand. And for me, that was kind of um, what we would call, uh, you know, I'm trying to think what Coward? It, yeah, a coward. Or Cowardly? We, yeah. Weak? Co yes, you know, like, why would you, why would you do that, you know? In, in Afrikaans, they call it a moffy. Uh, <laughs> you know. Um, the moffy. Yeah. Um, because you're not, you're, not, you're, not, you're not able to come to me alone. Yeah. You know, you need a group of people. Now you have to still speak a different language so that I can understand. You know, and I, I, I thought to myself, man, I don't want to be a part of a lie. You know, yeah. Well, you don't have to anymore. Yeah. Amen. You, you know, know we don't got to live like that no yeah, more. No more. Praise uh, the Lord, brother. The chains Greg. have been broken. Thank you for hanging with me today. Thanks, John. Good to Love be you, with man. You. Love you too. If you've enjoyed this podcast, uh, One Broken Life is a production of Freeway Ministries. You can support us monthly, or you can be a one-time gift. Uh, give a one-time gift through freeway-ministries.com. Um, you could also share whatever you're listening. Maybe it's the Facebook page, the YouTube channel, a Spotify, Podbean. Apple, whatever it is, and just let people know um, what God's doing as we explore the broken lives of people who've come from the great big mess, and God has given them a great big message. My name is John Stroop. This is Greg Craig. I hope you have a great day, and uh, we'll see you later. Thank you. Thanks.